if you ask any like mover guru shaker, like the opportunities that they were given were because of the relationships that they had with other people. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, it's Emily Reagan. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. I have brought a great interview guest for you to help you with networking. Networking can be so tough, especially when you're one of us who likes to be behind the scenes, doesn't want to be selling yourself, doesn't want to be cold calling or feeling like you're asking for services that people don't need. Allie Jones today has some great tangible tips on how to be a better networker, what to put in your LinkedIn profile, how to do a digital calling card, all of the good stuff. So let's dive into the interview that we did. So let's dive into the Facebook interview that we did earlier with Allie Jones. Hey, everyone. Hey, I'm here with Allie Jones, and I have been trying to set this interview up with you, Allie, for a while, and (laughs) we're here. It feels like you have a Yeah. <laughs> so Allie is here to teach us about networking. She has some really great pro tips. And I would love for you just to introduce yourself to everyone and tell us about your kid and where you live and all the good stuff. So my name is Allie Jones. I am from Lafayette, Louisiana. I am currently living in Slidell, Louisiana, which is like 30 minutes outside of New Orleans, if you've never heard of it. I have a three-year-old son who hopefully is not going to get kicked out of his daycare today like he did yesterday for biting people. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah. So tell me where you, because you've been all over the place with some of your jobs. Tell everyone a little bit about what you've done before this whole like online world. So when I came to New Orleans for the first place to go to film school, I got a communications and media degree. And I stayed here because the film industry ended up blowing up literally the moment I graduated college, which was amazing. And um, they had big budget action movies coming in left and right. And I was very fortunate that I, um, one of the gentlemen that I did a lot of like free work for on his student film got the director's assistant job on um, Dwayne Johnson's um, movie that he was filming here at the time, uh, which ended up being a huge flop. It was Empire State. Uh, it's like some true story about it being probably, but anyway, right. it's like literally an all-star cast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, Liam Hemsworth, like the kids from Twilight. It's like a crazy all-star cast. And like the movie went nowhere, Aww. but uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So I continued to like scale the ladder in that industry and became an executive assistant to producers, directors, celebrities. Um, my favorite person I ever worked for was Kobe Smolders from uh, How I Met Your Mother. I, I had a really great career. I loved my job. I was really good at my job, but the only downside is it's kind of like what everybody experienced um, in the corporate world that sometimes like your job ends up not being like what you were told it was going to be or like the lack of knowledge that you had of what it was. Right. Um, and I just didn't know that I was going to be working like five, six days a week, 14 to 17 hour days. And 
that's just like, and there was like nowhere else to go. Even if I wanted to like eventually become a producer myself, um, or a director or whatever, or be like a career assistant and like travel with it, which I had that opportunity handed to me plenty of times, but I, I love where I am. I don't, I don't want to leave and travel forever. So we ended up like wanting to have a baby and wanting to take a break from all of that. And I was always working on like action movie sets where there was like fertilizer bombs everywhere. So being pregnant on set for me was just not a smart idea anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I like transitioned into a different career. So how did, what did you choose and where are you now? Of all things, I initially decided I was going to go into tech. So I had like this bright idea of creating this tech platform and my husband, who's normally never like for anything, right? Um, I was like trying to write a book or something. He's like, that sounds pretty horrible. <laughs> but he was, and he was like, this is a great idea. I am. 100% on board with this. And I was like, really? Then it'd be a really good idea if you were down for it, right? <laughs> and um, so I knew nothing about the business world in general, like what is a business plan and all of that. So I spent the first year just hardcore networking and finding, um, I went to make friends with developers, people in the tech world. I wanted to like create a circle of people that I had no problem asking questions to. And I wanted to find mentors. So I literally just like went on Google and was like big people in the tech industry in New Orleans. And I emailed them and I was like, Hey, I have these fabulous executive assistant skills and I would love to like offer them to you in exchange for you mentoring me and teaching me and need to know in order to like, to start a tech company and not fail on my face. And that was the best decision I'd ever made because immediately he like brought me to everything. So I got into all these events. Um, he let me sit in and take all the notes for the CEO roundtables from New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And that that was so eye-opening for me to see that regardless of like however millions of dollars you met at the end of the year and whatever industry you're in, every single CEO has the exact same three problems. I was like, okay, so as long as like I don't have those problems, I'll be okay. <laughs> I need to, you know, work more on my business and not stay constantly working in my business. And I need to like fire people, even if they're super talented, if they're like being a detriment to the company culture. <laughs> and I need to not let my family take advantage of me and I need to take care of myself. And as long as I do that, I'll be great. <laughs> And, um, so I learned all of those amazing skills. And, um, the really sad part is that I was listening to all of these super limiting beliefs and mantras that everybody was kind of like putting on themselves and like, why you tell other people these things? I have no idea, but I would go to these tech events and people would be like, so, um, what do you want to do? And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I'd love to have like five exits and five babies. And I would have an exit is like when you've like built a company and sold it. Um, and you're just making like uh, royalties off of it. And I have women, literally women tell me like, you shouldn't tell people like at these events and stuff that you want to have kids or like more kids. Like that's just like, they're going to think that you're going to prioritize your children over your business. Like <laughs> do, do people tell men that like, and then why are you as a woman, like telling me that like, do you have kids? Are you running a successful company? Then like, yes, then stop telling me that. And all of these things, um, you know, that were like, had to find an investor. Right. And I 
couldn't build it myself. I had to hire like a team of engineers and I needed to sell 60% of my company in order for it to like really thrive and succeed and blah, 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 blah. And eventually I was like, you know what, if all of these other things that they've been telling me are incorrect, then maybe, maybe it's not that hard to figure out how to develop it myself. And maybe I don't need to sell out my company and maybe I can just bootstrap this and let's, let me at least try and say that I tried. And if not, then I'll go down that path. If I like follow my pace yeah. and four months later, I ended up developing the MVP of my tech platform. I launched it spring of last year at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week. I did like a hundred demos. It was amazing, super successful. Everybody wanted to like buy it and purchase it and everything went great. So then I needed to, it was ugly. So I needed to know like copy, graphic design, like, oh my God, you don't even want to know what my website looked like. I had like 8 million different fonts, like everywhere. I didn't understand like the color should be literally the exact same color, like everywhere. And not just like a similar shade of blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many things I needed there. to learn. You got it out there and then you go back and you, you're, yeah. oh my gosh, you're amazing. You just, you did it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's, um, that holds so many people back, you know, just the fear and like feeling like they have to follow what everybody else does. So right out, like that just says so much about you. So what are you doing now with that? So, um, well, it, it actually kind of like made like this baby of a next project, which is my sole focus right now. And thankfully because of COVID. So my tech platform is something for people that go to like in-person events for them to be able to follow up with everybody they meet before walking out of the door via email. So it's a QR code that saves all of your information, but actually generates an email rather than bringing somebody to a landing page. Okay. Um, and then it tracks all the analytics and data. So I started hosting these networking events. Like I call them these networking feedback workshops. And I needed to like understand, you know, who my target market was, who wanted to use this for free, who wanted to use the premium version. But through these workshops, I started like actually learning like the science behind people and people skills, who had them, who didn't, why, like, why were some people so good at like their elevator pitch and why were some people not? And I started to play around with that. And I was making these people do all of these like horrible exercises that mortified them, but made them learn so much. Right? Oh, I so love it. Can we back up for a second? Because yeah. I think a lot of our VAs might not know, and a lot of people in this audience maybe have not attended a networking event in a while, or maybe they did for a different industry. Can we just update them and tell them what it's like? Do people have business cards anymore? So yes. And I think with like anything that I would like normally answer that question with, because COVID, it's a whole different game now. But I mean, we will go back to in-person networking events, I do believe, eventually at some point. Um, but okay, so take take two notes, right? One, Canva does business cards, by the way. And you can go on Canva and you can either keep it as a digital copy that you can have that share URL for if you're at a virtual networking event and you can put that in the chat for people and you can sexify it with a bit.ly link and you can track like who's clicking it and what and all the different things. Or when life is quote unquote back to normal or whatever that means and you're going to networking events, then you can press print and send that off and Canva will send you your business cards. Yeah. <sighs> but the like important part to 
remember is that literally no one cares about your business and no one's going to remember you, especially if it's at like a big networking event, um, on regardless of if it's online or in person, right? Especially if it's a Zoom event, you're probably not going to see all the different faces or remember everybody. So for me on my virtual business card, I have a 60 second video because you can can do that. You can put a video on Canva and, um, it has like my little spiel of the problem I solve for people specifically whom, and then like, what is my objective besides like making a client? So people always feel like, Oh, well, if I don't want to be your customer, then I don't want to talk to her because she's going to assume that I'm interested in, in her products or services. So then that stops somebody from being able to have that relationship with you. Yeah. So if you can have that call to action of, this is where I am in my business journey. And this is what I need to get to that next level. People are super likely to want to help you, especially if you return the favor, especially if you tell them how. So that's what I have on my little spiel is I'm like, you know, I'm looking to make friends with people that are podcasters because I'd love to have my own one day or YouTubers. And I'd love to obviously be a guest on somebody's podcast, yada, yada, yada. I list all the things. And then I also mentioned like who I would love to connect with and help out, um, like as a, as a mentor or whatever. And I get so many, so many calls from that link. Like I have my um, online calendar linked on there to where you can jump on a call right away, or you can click on my social media, social media icons or my little link hub link or whatever that is. Like I have everything all in one, but then if I am doing something like this, where I'm going to be, you know, I can't have that one-on-one with people. Instead of having my business card, I have like what you see in the chat, which is my website. I created a separate landing page Mm -hmm. that looks similar to like a link tree, but it has kind of like the announcement at the top, like what I really want to make sure that everybody knows about, which is my webinar series this weekend. But then it also has buttons to like all of my social media accounts and my, like I literally have a button for like people to know my offers because a lot of times people just want to know like, okay, well, what are her products and services? Yeah. And then I also have uh, buttons for like my courses and like all the different things, anything you could ever even begin to ask me a question about, it's all there on that one link. And so I like to have that for any time I'm somewhere and somebody's like, oh, I want to know about that. Instead of having to like manage all of these pages at the same yeah. time, it's, it's great SEO for bringing people to, you know, my website and all of that jazz. It is amazing. So anyone click on the link right now inside this Facebook description and you're going to get her landing page. It's link dash hub. And you will see what she's talking about. The very top, there is her, your event that you're hosting with all your speakers. And you scroll down, you can see your quiz, your lead magnet generators, your free training, like book a call, like all of it. I want everyone to see this because, you know, we do teach doing this in Instagram with that link in bio. But I love how you use this for more than just that. Use this for all of your networking. So people know exactly where they want to go with you. There's, I mean, is, is there ever too much on here? Or do you ever like scale it down during a certain time? It started smaller and then it just kind of grew into like this bigger animal. Um, but I think, you know, the consumer behavior with each generation is getting more stocky. And we don't believe you. Like, I want to see your social media. I want to see videos of you going live. Like, if I'm going to purchase from you or if I want to be friends with you, if I want to collaborate with you, I need to, like, see you talking and get, like, your vibe. And uh, my favorite person to follow on Instagram is Alex Beaton. 
and she's kind of like the story queen. And she always talks about like the fact that she goes live like religiously every weekend to talk about like whatever burning questions people have and her services and her products and things. That's the game changer for her. Why she's so successful is because she is able to like literally connect to you in a way that's not possible in this COVID life right now. And that's just so, especially like on LinkedIn and stuff, like engagement is so rare. Everybody just wants to pitch you. And like fun fact for that, um, when you can only do it on mobile, but if you go into LinkedIn and anytime somebody sends you like their sales navigator pitch, I mean, this works for me because, you know, I'm networking. Um, this is like, my expertise or whatever, but real life example, I had a patent attorney um, send me a message like with her pitch or whatever. And I sent her a 60 second video, which took like no time at all. And I was like, Hey, by the way, um, I do like, I listen to pitches for like a living and yours was really great. I loved your call to actions and your links and like the various things that you had available. I love the fact that you included your social media, which nobody ever does, you know, to another platform. That was great. However, I would say have another call to action in case I'm not your ideal customer so that we have a purpose and a reason for this engagement. Um, so that I can feel like I can actually help you and have a reason to reach out and continue this. Um, and so for you, if you don't know what that is, I would highly suggest like as a tech entrepreneur, as I was coming up and going to all these little CEO roundtables, I wanted to hire the patent attorney that was giving us advice at those events, but he was like the meanest person in the world. So I didn't, but I literally hired the next patent attorney that I met at another event. (laughs) So I would have your call to action. Just be like, I'm looking for Facebook groups or virtual events where tech entrepreneurs are going. So I can give out some free advice. Like that is a very simple thing that I can do because I obviously have that huge connection of all of those people. And she immediately sent me a message back and was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. She was like, that was so crazy. I love the video. It felt like you were right there talking to me. And I feel like I actually know you now. I love what you're doing. Do you have any other resources? And I was like, yes, I actually do. Here's my quiz. Um, Yeah. Like got right into that funnel, you know, I was like, here's, it'll tell you what you're doing, right. What you're doing wrong. And like exactly what you need to do. It'll email you the answer so you can like get started right away. And it has a free 20 minute training at the end. And let me know if you have any questions about anything. I saw her results. I was able to identify that she wasn't an ideal customer. So she was like, I didn't need to waste my time with that. I love self-identifying funnels. Like that is my favorite thing in the universe, but I still was able to like harbor a relationship with her and create brand awareness. And now she's going to be a strong advocate for me anytime she meets somebody that would be an ideal customer. So it wasn't a waste of my time. That is genius because when you think about it, I just get lots of cold pitches and hey, come join my beach body, you know, like the fake messages and all the time and LinkedIn is the worst. But if you're using it to your advantage where the people who aren't the best fit become your advocate, like you said, they get in your network, they have a call to action. Not every person is going to be your ideal client. Not everybody needs the services you want to focus on. So you can help other people by A, joining them with someone else in our network, in our unicorn network, or B, like asking for that connection and keep those people in your group. They don't have to be giving you money to network. I feel like that's where it's icky. Like you got to think bigger than that. Well, and two, like if you ask any like mover 
guru shaker, like the opportunities that they were given were because of the relationships that they had with other people. And so that should be your sole focus when you're starting out your business. And that's why I have so much success with like literally zero. Well, I, I have like a thousand followers. Okay. That's like nothing, right? Like I'm excited if my post gets like 80, like 80 likes or something. I'm like, oh, people are liking it. I mean, for a thousand following, that's like really good engagement. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have like this, I'm not guru status by any means, but yeah. I was getting speaking gigs because I was making relationships with these people. Of these people, I was going to, um, you know, all of these networking. I mean, granted, this was before COVID, but I started hosting my own events so that I could start to create that brand awareness of my expertise. Like if I wasn't going to be able to, you know, go and get um, my own gig somewhere, like I would be much more comfortable falling on my face, like by myself with like a small little five people rather than like going on a big stage for the first time and being super nervous and all that jazz. So I was able to like validate for myself that people were engaging with like what it was that I had to say. They were showing up, they were signing up, all of that. But then also the people that were letting me have their spaces, I was going into co-working spaces to have my events and I was, they were all free. So I wasn't paying the people that, you know, own the building. It was just based on relationship. I was like, look, whatever you would want from me. I'm happy to let you come and like give a little plug about your co-working space and all that. I'm going to be bringing entrepreneurs here. You know, I wanted to like show them how much I wanted to make sure that they were taken care of, especially since neither one of us were like exchanging money. What was this relationship? Like, how were, how was it going to behoove them? And that's how you can, you know, the same thing with my mentor. It's like, I wanted to show that this was going to be meaningful for just them and not just me. So start to create those relationships with the people that you desire to be your advocates, right? Like, even if they're not going to be your customer, I like to look for, like, identify who it is that I want to try to reach, whether or not I'm speaking or if I'm going to be like some sort of like leader in some sort of industry or whatever that is and teaching other people, I try to find out like, okay, what events do I want to be like the speaker at or whatever? And then if I have no idea what those events are, then I go to Facebook groups that are like super saturated with the people that would attend those kinds of groups. And I just go in and ask and I say, Hey, what's an event, like any virtual events going on where I could learn more about X, Y, or Z thing. And then I go and find those events and I go and stalk all the people that are organizing it, that are marketing for it, that are speaking at it. And I follow them on all the social media platforms that they're on. And I start to create those relationships with them. And I don't just start off with like the pitch of, yeah. by the way, can I be a speaker too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some tips for this. Cause I just see so much junk out there in the DMS where people are clearly, they just want my money. So what, yes. what, what could a virtual assistant do? Like, you know, translate what you're doing for your business. Our virtual, our virtual assistants aren't speaking. They, they yeah. do okay, okay. To speak. But how can you start that relationship in a non like salesy, spammy, like take taker, you know, bucket, what's it called? Bucket, filler, bucket, emptier. You, you know, the kid book I'm talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> a lot of analogies, but, uh, a bu- yeah, you don't want to be the, the little kid who dumps out the bucket, you know, you want to yeah. fill the bucket. Okay. That makes sense in my head. <laughs> so I would think more of, um, okay, where, where's my ideal client spending all of their time? 
Okay. They are probably some super overwhelmed entrepreneur that doesn't have a whole lot of money. Um, and one of my friends that's a VA, she told me the other day, she's like, I always ask people that like on a consultation call, why do you want to hire some, somebody to do this job for you? Is it because you like can't, like you don't know how, or you don't have time or is it because you don't want to? And if it's because you don't want to, then you're not ready to hire a VA. Um, the, the means aren't justified enough for you to be able to see that return on investment. You don't have those like key performance indicators yet. And um, so I would say like, okay, then who who is like, where are they mindset wise where it's not because they don't want to, but because they just physically can't, like they don't know how or because they just don't have time. And it's somebody that's going to be kind of like up and coming. Maybe they just launched their course and they're starting to get their sales in. So I would start to try to find those Facebook groups for people that are trying to like scale their business. Um, like they've already had successful one-on-ones. Maybe they're trying to create a course or whatever and go be an, you know, an active member. Don't just go and like pitch your services right away find the other places that they're going find the events they're going to, um, like the virtual networking events that they're going to whatever, like mindset gurus they're following, make sure you're like soaking in the same content that they are so that you can know how to leverage yourself to, to get in there too, and start showing up. Um, if they're putting out content, like your ideal customer, like if you find somebody that, you know, like needs to hire you and doesn't have a team yet, you can like the best way is through reciprocity. Start sharing. Like if you see something that moves you that they put out in their content, sharing that on your social media, being like, oh my God, this person knows what they're talking about, blah, 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 blah. It'd be such a dream to work for somebody like this or, you know, whatever it is. Like you don't have to like pitch it or be like, I want to work for them, but just start to like show up in their feed, right? Start to show up in their spaces and people love to know that they've been seen and they've been heard. So what's right? the difference between that and sucking up? Sucking up? Well, because it's it's literally what's moving you. It's not, yeah, you're not just anyone. making it up. It's, okay. a, it's an actual real connection that you're, you're making. Um, you see it, you know what I mean? Like when somebody's DMing you and they're like, by the way, here's my post I just did. I, I think you might find it super useful or something. Leave me alone. Like I had invoice. <laughs> yes, I had somebody send me something yesterday that was um if I get two thousand followers, I'm gonna dance live. I don't wanna watch you dance. I don't want you in my DMs. Like I have like so many things that I'm trying to catch up on. Like just should go away. <laughs> but I don't wanna say that, right? So like just don't you want to create engagement and there's a really good book called How to win friends and influence people. And it kind of touches on like what you're talking about of like, are you using this emotional intelligence to manipulate people for your own good or not? And the way that you can stay centered and let them feel like less picky about yourself is if you remind yourself, like wake up every day and remind yourself of like, okay, what do I need to get done today in order to achieve the like, thing that I want to get to this year. Like, what do I need to do this month? What do I need to do today, this week? And what's going to get in my way? Like, just get all your priorities set and think like, okay, how am I going to feel if I get this done? Okay. How am I going to feel if I don't get this done? And then when you start bringing that into your content or your engagement with other people, whether or not it's DMs or on stage or on a call or, you know, at a networking event, 
why do I want to connect with this person? Why do I want to put this Father's Day post? Like, what am I hope? Like, what impact am I hoping to make on people? And then you'll start to feel like there's purpose and intention behind what you're doing and you'll feel connected and resonated with it. And it's going to be more about creating that impact rather than creating sales in your bank account. But the fun fact is that that sales in the bank account is always going to be the end result. If that first motivation is the prime thing driving you. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent advice. So what, what can you say to somebody like our virtual assistants who are more introverted, don't really like to put themselves out there? Like, do you have any good tips for them to yes. work? Hey, I've put together a checklist when you are writing your next contract. Just go to emilyreaganpr.com slash contract, and you'll get a checklist for making sure that you're protected in your next new client onboarding. All right, back to the show. So the the really cool thing about introverts is that you guys are really good with skill sets, right? You're really good at listening and you're really good at analyzing and you're really good at reading people. So use that. Um, I always teach introverts to like go second, <laughs> right? <laughs> to listen first. And you think of those things as being your superpower rather than your handicap. And when you are networking with somebody, let them like find out what their motivate, like what are they trying to achieve? Right. And can you help them? And then that's when the pitch can come in. Right. Or the, um, like the, the reason to continue the relationship. So like, if I were, when I get to the point of wanting to hire somebody and I start to like put it out there, I'm obviously, what are the tasks I'm going to have to do, right? I'm going to have to create some kind of form and I'm going to have to like go through people's resumes and look at all their things and see all this work that they did for other people. Where if instead, if a virtual assistant were to take it upon herself to kind of stop me out and see kind of like what my original vibe is and what the, the ask is essentially for like, well, what am I trying to solve by hiring somebody to help me and take the initiative to, to create some in, Instead of giving me like some portfolio of all this work you did for other people, I'd love to see like a tester version of what you think I'm like, what is the direction that I need to go in? Right. So if I'm hiring somebody to do some Pinterest stuff for me, take a template of something that you've already done, put some stuff in there with me and put your own little judge of style on it. You know, don't spend a whole lot of time on it. It's not doing something for free. And just say like, by the way, I saw that you were looking to start your Pinterest account or whatever. And you're looking to hire somebody for that. I specialize in Pinterest. I know everything about it. Um, I have a lot of experience with it. Here's a link to my portfolio, but here's what I would envision for you and what I would probably suggest for you. And here are some resources to, there's nothing better than showing somebody like the DIY and letting them see how freaking hard it is to try to do something like that themselves to where they come begging you to do it for them. It's like suddenly they're able to value your price point so much more because they understand the work it took to get there. Whereas opposed if they don't have that competency level of what the behind the scenes looks like, then they can't validate paying somebody a thousand dollars a month to do 
you know, just a handful of content pieces for them. I know so many VAs that are like, yeah, I'm like $300 a month. I'm like, no, girl, this should be like two grand. <laughs> you know what happened? Uh, recently, somebody in the group was saying that they were going to do SEO. And, you know, you know, I mean, unless you've done it yourself, you don't know how time consuming that is. You're yeah. combining different skill sets all in one. And the, the business owner is like, no, I can get somebody cheaper for that. Or I don't think it's worth $20 an hour. And like, bye. Okay. Yeah. Like, Cause I guarantee you that person, like you said, is not doing it themselves. Yeah. As, as somebody that knows like the ever revolvingness of SEO and like how you have to have a continual education on it. Like if you're not constantly listening to SEO podcasts and seeing the yeah. different things that are changing, especially with Google, yeah. <laughs> Like I want to pay somebody $75 an hour for that. Like that's the person's like, I want to pay somebody that is not afraid to charge that because they have the experience and the knowledge of that. If you're offering a cheaper price, I mean, cause that's the catch, right? It's, if it's a cheaper price, that's probably because you are more novice and that's okay. If that's the situation, then pitch the fact that you are moldable, like you are going to do you know, whatever task it is. And even though you may not know all of the things now, like that is going to be um, your sole focus and showcasing, by the way, I'm taking this certification course, or by the way, I'm doing this great workshop this weekend, or by the way, I'm constantly listening to this amazing person. This is where I'm getting my current resources from. And albeit, I don't know everything yet. I do know so much now. And here's me like showcasing um, where I'm getting that knowledge from in case you would like to learn some knowledge as well to help validate that, you know, my price point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And the business owners, they just don't get it. So, you know, sometimes they're going over to the Philippines to hire like, um, you know, overseas VAs who can do things cheaper, but they're not doing what you said. That's how you distinguish yourself. You are putting that investment in yourself and constantly trying to stay updated and, and with it. But yeah, I think $20 an hour is cheap. Myself, yeah. I mean, when I think about like the, the power that good SEO strategy can do, but obviously that's not her client, but I just, I thought that that was, you know, fit really well. Okay. I know you, I don't have you forever here, but I do would love like a little tip for elevator pitches, you know, like what can you tell somebody who's behind the scenes, how to do better at that? Cause I sucked at it at the beginning. I like yeah. stumble over my words and obviously <laughs> you know, practice is good getting out and actually talking to people and getting better at it and seeing when it fits with somebody, when somebody gets it, when, cause what we do is a little bit confusing sometimes because we're not just a regular VA. So that's where it gets a little, a little dicey. Yeah. And then you, well, like the like, number one thing I get from like web designers or like VAs or like anybody in the digital, like behind the scenes world, they're always like, I'm really good, but I don't know how to like explain the things that I'm good at without sounding egotistical or just like weird. And how do I show somebody like the things that I'm good at, but they have no like content basis for. So my advice is two parts. Okay. One is the content that you're putting out there needs to like build. There's this really great book called Sell Like Crazy by Sabri Subri. And I'll put that in the chat, okay. but he talks about the fact that your, your customer has to have like, so he does SEO uh, for people. And the example he has is for this person that builds houses for a living that he did SEO for before I'm ready to hire somebody to build my house. I need to know a lot of information. I need to feel extremely competent in that information. I need to know about price per square foot zoning, housing, um, like all the different, this, uh, flood zones, you know, and if 
this company is the one that's educating me on this. And like their content is something I'm constantly consuming to bring me to that competency level. Then not only does that make me really love them and also know that they know everything already that I need to know, but I love the fact that they're sharing it with me. I'm keeping them top of mind. And I feel really like I know them. I like them. I trust them. Right. And so I'm a lot more likely to hire them. So in one the fact that we like to stalk people so much, you need to be showcasing your skills and the education and the marketing know-how that you have by starting to like get that bite-sized education of what does it mean to hire a website developer? Like what goes into hiring somebody to do all that? What are all the things that like bring me to that competency level so I can truly see the value in you. But so for the elevator, because after I hear your elevator pitch, what am I going to do? I'm going to stalk you and see you know, even if you don't, like if, if you manage people's social media for a living, but you don't have a social media following, like I'm probably going to judge you for it. So the best way that you can go against that is to just make sure your content is at least very showcasing of that knowledge that you harness and say, look, I spend all my time and energy making your social media look good. Not mine. Mine is just here for you to validate and be my portfolio of the fact that I know what I'm doing, but all my time is invested in you and just have that like be your, your go-to little thing. Right. Um, So when you are pitching people or like just giving your elevator pitch, you really need to, to have People want to do all the things, right? But I'm a lot more likely to hire somebody for a specific job. So I would say you always need to start by explaining the problem you're solving for somebody, specifically whom, and then what do you, like, where are you now and what do you need to get to that next level? Because like I said before, they might not be that ideal customer for you. They might be, they're going to be one of four things. They're going to be an ideal hire for you. They're going to be an ideal collaboration. They're going to be an ideal testimonial or an ideal client. An ideal testimonial is somebody that's like not an ideal client, but they definitely need some of what it is that you have to offer. So they could do some sort of like smaller version. Maybe it's a consult or a free thing. And then you get that testimonial that you get to showcase on your website for like 30 minutes of your time. Right. So have that in your mind and go and practice that little thing. Have all of those things written down because there's a huge psychology behind writing things down. You're able to remember it a lot better. And the prefrontal cortex is where your like logic and your memory and everything is. But when you get nervous, you hit fight or flight. And they actually train people like in the military when shit's going down. <laughs> Sorry to like curse on your channel. People start shooting at you. They train them over and over and over again to get down on one knee, cover, protect, look and see where the fire is coming from, because otherwise you're going to just start freaking out, shooting everywhere and everybody's going to die. So the step, stop, drop and roll. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You do it in self-defense classes and that's what you need to do with your pitch. You need to just practice it so many times, but also from theater class, I know that your mouth has literal muscle memory. So the more you say the words, your mouth is going to feel more comfortable saying it. And you can almost like just shut off your brain and say it without even thinking about it. And like, that's going to come in so easy too, when you're in the Facebook groups and people are asking for advice about blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, Oh, by the way, what do you do for a living? That's so cool. How do you know so much about this? 
you're going to know what to say for your little pitch. It's like right there because you've practiced it so many times before I like go to a networking event, whether or not it's virtual or in person, I think, okay, who's going to be in that space? Who's going to be on this call? What industries are they in? What can I hope to gain from this experience if they end up not being, you know, a client or whatever? And what is the appropriate call to action for the people that are going to be there? And then I say that whole little spiel in my head over and over and over again. I write it down on my phone. I say it a few more times. And then I feel like I have a plan. And that plan is what gives me the confidence. And fun fact, Ooh. excitement and anxiety are chemically the same in the brain. Google it. I swear to God, I can't even make that up. And it's just a, a mindset shift. Are you just excited or are you just full of anxiety? It's, it's totally just a mindset shift switch. So have a plan to make it go from being nervous to being really excited. And in this business, it can be so hard when you're trying to explain that you're kind of a jack of all trades, but if you like meet, if you meet somebody and they're stumbling over what they do like immediately, yeah, confidence level, we like nobody, people don't want to work with you. So like practicing that is so important. I've gotten so, and I'm not this eloquent speaker, but I've gotten so much better this last conference I got, I went to and really, and I had people say like, you suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's feedback. That's feedback. It's not yeah, they just wanted to help me, but um, I like what you're teaching about too, like thinking about what's good for you. Because sometimes I go to conferences, I'm not looking for clients. Like I'm booked out. I'm not looking for that, but I am looking for the referral network. Because that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Never just like straight out ask for a referral to like a stranger. Like uh, you don't ask for the referral until the end because asking, okay. you know, that's kind of just me being like, hey, can you give my business card to somebody else? <laughs> right. I don't know you. Yeah. Like, why? You might be like a serial killer. No. Make no. some sort of connection first, right? Yeah. Listen first. Use that super strength of like listening and analyzing. And then you can know like if they have that circle of friends within them, that would it would be relevant for them to be a referral for you. So are you an introvert? I am an extrovert, you but are. I'm more of an ambivert these days because I had to kind of like train myself to be more introverted. That's the thing about extroverts. We're very comfortable being around people and just talking and just going with our gut instincts on things. I had to learn to have that plan of action because I, as a mom of a toddler, like I don't have time to just go and schmooze and shoot shit at a networking event anymore. I need to like get in and get out and I need to make sure that it wasn't total waste of my time because that time with my family is a lot more valuable these days. So ambivert is what I'm going to go with nowadays. <laughs> I kind of go with that with me too. So I grew up as a military kid, so I was always forced to be the new kid. And I think that made me a better person and kind of fake the extrovert level. But I am really good at just sitting back and asking questions and letting people talk and listening. And that actually pays off well with me. I just didn't see like the purpose of it, but I listen and then I say, oh, well, I can help you do this or that. And it, it's so such a genuine process that I didn't even really see it happening. Yeah. And it is part of, you know, marketing, like hearing their, their you know, pain points and repeating it to them and all of that. But I, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it like that. I just thought like, oh, I generally know, like, I can't help you so-and-so could or blah, blah, blah. Right. I want to go in there and fix it. But it starts with listening a lot. Yeah. And as an extrovert, I just want to like, I want to pull it out of them faster. So I want to talk over them and I want to just, oh, you mean blah, blah, blah. Let me cut you off because I, I know what it is that you're trying to say. Whereas I've, I've learned more as a coach that the more I let them self-discover 
And the more I just probe them with questions instead of trying to like push them to the finish line (laughs) as the extrovert, if I just let them, if I just hold on to the rope and let them find their way blindly, they're going to learn so much better. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So how could anybody work with you in this group? Like tell us like what's going on. I have a few different things. I'm still, I'm thinking about offering a couple of different things. So stay tuned. (laughs) Um, But uh, obviously I have my course, the Emotional Intelligence Networking Academy. Um, If you would like a discount on the course, you can join our webinar series this weekend where we're learning all kinds of amazing stuff about um, how to nurture leads with emotional intelligence, um, CEO habits of like productivity and time management and self-care. But I also do consults um, where I do like a social media audit and I just kind of like, I do a deep research of, I give you slides, like what's working, what's not, and like what are the clear action steps you need to start doing to translate better what it is that you're trying to to get done and who you're trying to serve and all that jazz. Um, And then- I do very temporarily because I have a little one and I don't want to do this full time. I'm going to be offering one-on-one services in conjunction with my, um, with my course where you get an hour of my time as you go through each week for all six modules. Um, you get eight weeks of me total before you start. And then after you start, um, I also do just like free networking advice sessions where I don't do any research on you before I pull up a couple of your pages and I just give you some good advice and, um, get to some testimonial out of you so it wasn't you know uh, so I get something too and um, I think that a lot of us could benefit from that like once we get a client or two and start to you know up our game on social media and LinkedIn and all that that would be a cool service yeah Um, it's really helpful to to, the more you talk to more people about what it is that you're doing like you have all your assumptions about your ideal customer or whatever, because you've done your surveys and you've done your competition research. But the more that you work with people, like when you're six months down the road and you've worked with like hundreds of people, you're going to know exactly what it is. But until you start putting yourself out there and yeah. start doing that and having those conversations, you just, you're not going to, you're going to learn a lot more slowly. Yeah. It can be so much. It's so nice to have somebody come in as a third, like a fresh eyes and give you feedback. Yes. I actually yes. had this guy approach me on LinkedIn trying to get me to buy stuff and I I couldn't help myself. I was completely sober in the moment and I made a joke about how he looked like he was in prison because he had his green <laughs> jumpsuit and he's in LinkedIn and I'm like, dude, you know, like first impa- I thought he was trying to be helpful. Like, you know, I feel like on LinkedIn, maybe like orange is good. Uh, he, he didn't get my humor, by the way. <laughs> It's stuff like that. Like we don't think about, we're like, oh, I look good in orange. Orange is a good color. And you're like, no, you look like you're on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the last little like piece of advice is no one's ever going to remember anything you said or did. They're only going to remember how you made them feel. So if you can make sure that everything that you do, whether or not it's putting out something on social media, or if it's talking to somebody or nurturing a leader on a discovery call, Whatever you're making them feel is going to be the only thing they walk away with. So just have that little plan of action in your head where like the NLP of things, where do you want them to start emotionally and where do you want them to finish? Oh, that's so good. Cause so many of us overanalyze our own business and what we're trying to do. And, and remember that at the core, like, how are you yeah. trying to make your people feel? Yeah. I can't thank you enough for coming on here. You've been so helpful. You make me want to go like audit everything I have going on. <laughs> Good. Some corn dogs, you know. <laughs> yes. I'm happy to do that for you in exchange for having me here and talk about and plug all my things. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everyone. Follow her over on Instagram. That's where I met her. And I think you'll have a good time. 
uh, over there. And yeah, thank you. And if you have questions, put them in the chat and Allie can come back here and let you know, you know, some thoughts and feedback and whatnot. So I know a lot of people are going to catch it on the replay. So yeah, I just saw a comment. So I was like, I just got here. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I try to practice what I preach and put everything that I'm learning. My Instagram is definitely like my business journal and my open books. So whatever, you know, I'm saying here is definitely something that I've put on IGTV there too. Yeah. You can learn so much just by following her and seeing her do things right you know, check her LinkedIn. Like you can do some stocking, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm always here for questions. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Allie. Bye. Bye. All right. So there you have it. Definitely check out the show notes to connect with Allie over on Instagram, on LinkedIn, see what she's doing, learn from her. She's always having all kinds of guests on her platforms always educating, offers a ton of value. And now that you're done listening to the episode, go to the link in the show notes, emilyreaganpr.com slash contract, and you can download a checklist to make sure your next contract has everything you need to protect yourself and get paid. So next week on the show, it will be our last episode for 2020, and then we'll have a little Christmas break. I want to talk about my aha moments and share some of my lessons learned for 2020. So I'll see you then. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Hold on a second. Are you okay? (laughs) I might have to... <laughs> I might have to like disappear for a second. I, let me finish that. Okay. And, I want to, oh, I sorry, want to I was do a boomerang just, with you really quick. Before, wait, you want to what? I want to do a boomerang with you really quick. Okay. Okay. Ready? Ready? Set. Go. Okay. We have to. Okay. There we go. It's good. <laughs>